0: Brother Ken, I just felt impressed during worship very strongly that the elders were just to go lay hands on you and let us pray for you this morning. It just kept coming back to me. know the enemy's been coming against you. The surgery that you had was expected to be something that was quick and short and a a quick recovery and the enemy has buffeted that and, and tried to discourage you and stand against you. But I believe that the Father in his great love just wants to touch you and encourage you and bring healing to that back. And so, Father, we lift up our brother to you right now. We thank you and agree with your spirit of healing, with your great love for him. And we declare your words over him and speak your words over him. He shall be healed in the name of Jesus. Creative miracles to his body, Lord God. All pain be released from him. And, Father, your spirit of joy that's, that is our strength. Lord God, just baptize him in that joy, Lord. All discouragement, all frustration, all anxiety, all depression be gone. In the name of Jesus, and healing be his in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Y'all can be seated. Um, I promise you I have scripture. I just usually don't open open with one. I'm going to try to get through that because, this, because you know that last song I was telling Wendy about this morning? That last song, Worthy of It All, wrecks me every single time. It's the one song that I feel like it transports me right into the throne room with that song. And um, I appreciate so much the worship team doing that because I think it comes right in line with what I want to speak about today. Um, As you see, Pastor Dell's not here. Ron mentioned that to you. He is um, in Savannah celebrating uh, Lakeland's 10th birthday. Um, and he wanted to make sure that you all knew that he loves you very much. He misses you. And he struggled greatly with not being in the pulpit today, um, because God has been doing a great thing here. And hopefully your, your spirit of expectation is still high today. Amen. Because, because God's not stopping. But Pastor um, struggled with that. He wanted. He loves you guys so much. He loves ministering the word. Lord knows we love receiving from him because he's got a wealth, <laughs> a deep well there. Um, but um, for those of you who are a little disappointed, it's okay. He will be back next week. <laughs> so he hasn't left you, okay? So bear with me um, today, and you get to have him back next week. But, you know, any of you who have heard me minister in the past, you know that one of the things that I talk about a lot is identity and our identity in Christ. And you've heard me say often that if you identify, if if anything else is your primary identity other than the fact that you are a Christian, that you are a follower of Christ, that you are a child of the most high God, if anything comes before that, it's out of order. That is your primary identity. That is the first place. And if the decisions that you make in life are not weighed against the word of God before you make the decision, then your standards are wrong. I still believe that. But God has been dealing with me the last week and a half or so, two weeks. Um, We were just talking about this uh, Katrina back there. She's getting some revelation on some things herself, and she's bursting with wanting to share it. And she said, "Um, but I'm just getting it. So I'm not sure I'm ready to share yet. And we're like, no, because that's when the passion is highest, Angela was telling her. Because God's showing you things, you're excited. So the last two weeks, God's been really showing me this. And so um, when Pastor asked me to speak, I was excited because I was like, good, I get to share this with them. Um, and this is what God has been ministering to me. That, that yes, Knowing our identity in Christ is crucial. It's pivotal. But knowing what the soil is that your identity is birthed out of, that's the key right there. You got to go all the way back to the soil that we were were birthed out of. You know, farmers, um, gardeners, they know, that if you're going to produce a crop that is healthy, that's full, that's abundant, you must start with soil that has the right minerals in it, it's got the right organisms in it, it's free of chemicals, because the soil, the foundation and we talk about that a lot as Christians that the foundation that we uh, uh, are standing on, that's critical. That's critical. And if we're expecting the spirit to produce great abundance in our life, if we really are expecting to walk in victory and joy and peace that surpasses all understanding, if we're expecting to be able to access heaven and and pull down the promises of God, then we've got to know the soil that everything is birthed out of. And we've got to be rooted and planted in that. You know, back in 1984, many of you know this song. It's really still popular today, I guess. But Tina Turner put out a song, and the title of that song is, What's Love Got to Do With It? Right? That's a big song. It went to number one. And the words of the song is, What's Love Got to Do With It? What's love but a secondhand emotion? What's love got to do with it? Well, I want to declare to you today that love has got everything to do with it. Everything. Love is not a second-hand, feeble, powerless emotion. In this world, we say we love everything, right? Our English language, we have one word, love. Greeks have a bunch of different words for love to describe different levels of it. But, but, you know, we love everything from the color of the walls to the topping on our pizza to our spouse. It's the same word. We use the same word, right? So that word love is kind of thrown around, and it almost kind of becomes a little meaningless, you know? Um, But I want to tell you that love is the most powerful force in all the universe. Nothing is greater than love. Nothing. Everything that was created was created out of love. Our identity is birthed out of love. It's who we are. That's where everything comes from. One of the most famous verses in the Bible is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then in 1 John 4, it tells us that God is love. And that it's not because we first loved him, but it's because he first loved us. See, we were birthed out of love. Jesus came and he died on the cross for us. And he died and took our place. He paid the price so we wouldn't have to pay. But why? Why'd he do it? Our sins are forgiven. Great. Why? To reconcile us with the Father. But why? Why are we being reconciled to the Father? Because the Father loves us. It's all birthed out of love. Everything is birthed out of love. You know, when you look into the eyes of grace, the Pastor tells you all the time, <clears throat> tells us all the time that grace is a person, right? Who what is grace? Who is grace? Jesus. When you look into the eyes of grace and you fix your eyes into the eyes of grace, do you know what you will see? Love. You will see overwhelming, unashamed love for you. It's all-consuming. It's unconditional. The love that the Father has for you, the love that the Son has for you, the love that Holy Spirit has for you is overwhelming. It's unconditional. It's never ending. It's never changing. You begin to see the identity that God has for you. Not the one you've created for yourself. Not what the world has said about you. Not what people around you say, oh, you're just like your daddy. You're never going to be any good. Oh, you're just like your mama. She never could get anything right. You're just an addict. Why are you reaching for anything? You'll never attain it. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not skinny enough. You're not, you know, you don't have enough money. You didn't come from the right family. All those lies you've been told. But when you look into the eyes of grace, you begin to see the identity that God himself has chosen for you. And I guarantee you, none of it lines up with all the stuff that you've been told, unless you've been told the word of God, unless you've had godly people in your life that have been pouring the word of God into you. See, here's the thing. You are created in the heart of the Father. Why do you think God has been doing what he's been doing around here this last couple of weeks? Love. Love. You were created in the heart of the Father. You're, his gaze has never been off of you. I don't care how you were created. I don't care how you were conceived. I don't care if you were conceived out of a, a wonderful, loving relationship between mom and dad, or if you were conceived in a tragic uh, situation. It doesn't matter. God has loved you ever since you've been in his heart. Before the foundations of the earth, he has loved you. His gaze has never been off you. There has not been a time in your life where God's love has not been for you. Never. There's never been one second of one minute of one day where God has not been overwhelmingly fascinated with you and in love with you. It doesn't matter what sin you were in. It doesn't matter what lifestyle you lived or are living. His love is right there. He loves you so much. Now, you can choose to reject his love. You can choose to reject the gift that Jesus paid the price for on the cross. You can choose to turn your back and, and believe what the enemy would say to you. You can choose that, but it doesn't diminish God's love for you one iota. doesn't change a thing in how much he loves you. And see, that's where your identity lies, right there. You have to know, and, and I just pray that the Lord bring that revelation to you, that you are so loved His, all your life, and he will do this till your last breath. All your life, he has been trying to call you back into your true identity in him. All your life, he's trying to reconcile you back to him. That's his purpose. That's his his main goal. Does he want to bring peace to the earth? Yes. Does he want to heal people? Yes. Does does he want you to be blessed? Yes. Yes. All his promises are yes and amen. But when you tear it all back, when you tear all the layers back, it goes back to one thing. It's because he loves you with a love that we can't even understand. You think about somebody in your life right now that you would just lay your life down for, that you love so much And God's love surpasses that. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And when we get that vision, when we understand that God is not mad with us, and you hear pastors say this to us all the time. When you get that revelation that, All right, let me tell you this. The wrath of God is not intended for you. It never was intended for you. The wrath of God comes against everything in your life that is trying to separate you from his love. That's what the wrath of God is for. That's where his wrath is directed. It's never, ever been directed towards you. It's always directed toward the things that are keeping you separated from his love. He doesn't want you walking in the tattered and torn identity that the world is trying to put on you. If you could just see who you were in his eyes who you are in his eyes, who he created you to be, then you would be able to say to the mountain, be removed, and it go. Marilee, love you so much. She, uh, I, I asked her if I could share just a snippet. She. Had an encounter with the Lord <clears throat> several weeks ago. And before I, I, I just kind of tell you this, let me let me just say that most of you, if you've been here for any amount of time, you know Mary Lee's testimony of healing with cancer and and everything that she's gone through there. And if you haven't, I'm sure she'd be willing to share it with you. If you ever just want to say, hey, you know, what, what was that all about? I keep hearing about. She'd be happy to tell you. And she will be the first to tell you that it was amazing miracle, just beyond anything that she could have uh, dreamed of or imagined. But she said this encounter that she had with the Lord made the miracle of healing from cancer pale. And the encounter that she had with the Lord was she encountered his love. And she said she's come to a place where the Lord revealed to her how much she is loved, how much he loves her. And there was a place of no condemnation. I said, what did that feel like, Marilee, to get that? that level of revelation and here's the thing I'm sure she doesn't have the full revelation yet but I said what did that that feel like and she said just the the true absence of all condemnation the true absence of all guilt knowing that he's just completely enamored with you completely in love with you And, and part of this Vision and, and I I don't know if you were in the body, out of the body, you know, as Paul says, who knows? But part of this vision, she said, was that the Lord showed her standing before him. And he had her look down, and Jesus was standing next to her. And he had her look down and he had her notice that their feet were the same distance from, from the Lord. Jesus wasn't standing ahead of her. He wasn't standing away. They were standing side by side, almost like, um, you know in gym class when they have the red line, everybody's got to go put your toes on the red line. Everybody's standing in gym class. You know, everybody's equal. And she said she noticed that they were in line. And the Lord revealed to her Basically, I think, when I said your (laughs) co-heirs, I meant your co-heirs. You stand side by side with my son. When I look at my son, I see you. When I look at you, I see my son. You stand together. And everything that is his is yours. And the same love that I have for my son is the same love that I have for you. Now, Lee, w- would I be right in saying that you are not perfect? Yeah. Would I be right in saying that you've probably made some mistakes along the way? Amen as all of us have but it doesn't change the father's love for us see when you're when when we're able to grasp how much we're loved by the father and how he is jealous for us, He's not jealous of us. It's not what that scripture says. He is jealous for us. And we sing the songs here over and over about how he's jealous for me. How he'll leave the 99 and run after me. How he'll kick down every lie. He'll kick down every wall coming after me. He will. When, when you see God coming at you and you think he's angry and he's ferocious and he's coming right into your life, it's because he's coming after the thing that's separating you from his love. He's not coming after you to punish you. He's not coming after you to take you down. He's jealous for you. And he's coming after that very thing that would try to separate you from his love because he wants it torn down. Because while you may not choose him, he will always choose you. Always. While we may reject the gift that he gives us, while we may turn away and say, oh, you just don't understand. You don't know what's been in my life. There's no way he can forgive me. You don't know some of the things I've done. While you may say that and you may choose to make the decision that God doesn't want you or need you or he's not just head over heels in love with you. God says, not true. Not true. I have never not been in love with you. I will always be in love with you. And it's that revelation of love that allows us to grab a hold of every promise that's in the word. We hear it over and over. The promises of God are yes and amen. And we're like, yeah, okay. I heard it. Got a lot, it seems like I got a lot of no's in my life, but, you know, that's what I hear you say. But, you know, sometimes the, sometimes it's because we're not even grabbing for the promises. We're not even trusting, we're not trusting them. We're not believing. They're for James because, you know, I saw James up here worshiping, and I got my, my mind off uh, off of worship myself for a minute because I was so blessed by watching him worship in front of the Lord. So, you know, he's a pretty holy man, so I can see how the promises would be for him, you know. But I, I'm not going to believe for those because, you know, Alan and I had a fight last night, so God's probably holding something against me. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's the stuff that the enemy would bring in to separate you from the Father. We've spent so many years of trying to, um, we've spent so many years hearing about how God is this great judge. And he's got a hammer in his hand, and, and, you know, Jesus is the nice guy, but God is the one, he's going to get you. Jesus did nothing that he didn't see the Father do. See, the love of the Father's heart for you crucified Jesus. The love of the Father's heart for you rose him up on the third day. The love of the Father's heart for you put you in right standing with the Father where you could look down at your feet and see that your brother who died for you and paid the price for you stands shoulder to shoulder with you in front of the Father. Everything is love. Everything. The scripture tells us faith, hope, and love. But faith and hope will pass away. Love will never pass away. never he he just you know we come to church every Sunday and we hear these things but do we really do we really get it do we take the time during the week to allow the Lord to to take little nuggets. You know, you're not going to get everything that you hear in a service. You know what I mean? But but there's little nuggets that you take away, you know? And, and do we take time to just meditate on those things that the Lord highlighted to us? You know, I'm, I'm talking today and, and uh, some of you may get nothing out of this at all. Some of you may get this little revelation, another one get a completely different revelation. But the thing is, do we take time to allow the Father to open those things up in our life and really show us? Because if we really understand this love that God has for us and the fact that this is our true identity, and everything else that the world has tried to put on us, we can, we can shake it off. We can shake it off because it, it's false. It's not true. It's not real. If we could get that, then you know what? If, if you're dealing with addiction, when, when that comes into your life, the Bible says don't give the enemy any place. And so if you can really understand how much you're loved by the Father and what your true identity is with him, when that addiction comes in, it's got no place. It can't find a place to take hold. Because you're standing in pure light and pure love in the holiness of the Father, and it can't identify with anything in you anymore. You know, I've told you this before. I probably... You've probably heard it enough times. But when I first got saved, I told you this, I I had gotten saved. I'd only been saved maybe a week, maybe two, I don't know. But um, I was a partier back in the days, and and there was this, uh, I was in San Antonio, Texas at the time, and there was a favorite bar that I would go to every uh, weekend. And um, that was my life. So that's what I knew. So I got saved, but I still, you know what I did so you know so I went back to the bar and, and when I was in there I would normally enjoy myself very much and I was miserable miserable and I'm looking around and everything looked different to me it looked it, it looked dirty it looked You know, I wasn't happy. I wasn't having a good time. It just looked different. And I remember thinking to myself, now, this is the same place I've been coming, weekend after weekend. Now, what happened? And I heard the Holy Spirit said, this is not who you are anymore. See, the love of God will change you. It will change you. And I said, okay. And I put my beer down, and I left that place, and I never went back. But it's not because I never went back because I had to follow all the rules and that's not where I could go anymore and that was awful. It's because I there was nothing in me that I identified with that anymore. I just didn't want it. It held nothing for me. The love of the Father will change you. That's what it's designed to do. And you need to know That the Father loves you so much that when you hear another voice, you're like, talk to the hand. I've told this story in our community group. Uh, Little Isabella was sitting, we were sitting on the couch in the living room watching one of her silly shows and and uh, we were both just staring at the TV, and I, I just didn't even look at her. I just said, Isabella, I love you so much. And didn't even look at her, acknowledge her. And she looked over at me. She said, I know, Nona, that's so annoying. <laughs> she said, you say that all the time. And I said, I want to say it so much, Isabella that if any other voice comes into your life and tells you that your Papa and Nona don't love you, that you don't even look in their direction because you know that cannot possibly be true. And that's what the Father is telling you every single day. I love you so much. And if you hear any other voice that says anything differently to you, you know that that is a lie. And he'll tell it to you every single day. I told you earlier that faith, hope, and love, you know, but love will stay. I just want to read this. From 1 Corinthians 13. It's out of the Passion Translation. And and, um, I just love the way it says it. It says, Until then, there are three things that remain faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. Let love. Be the thing that you pursue the Father about. Because if you can get his love in you, everything else falls in place. If you can understand his love, if you can get that revelation, his love is already there for you. But if you can get that revelation, everything else falls in place. Relationships fall in place. If you're one that gets easily offended, it takes care of that too. Healing comes out of love. Revelation comes out of love. Blessing comes out of love. Prosperity comes out of love. Unity in the body of Christ, which is of utmost importance, comes out of love. Everything, 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 everything comes out of love. And the Father's love for you is beyond bounds, beyond measure. I heard this, I kept hearing this this morning while I was getting ready. And so I'm just going to go ahead, I'm just going to say this. I don't know who I'm saying this to. All right, um, I don't know if it's somebody on Facebook, somebody will see this months away from now or somebody here, but I just felt like the Father was saying, the way you are conceived is of no consequence. The way you were brought into this world is insignificant to the Father as far as his love for you goes. And if you're a young lady now, you know, very controversial topic within the church and without is abortion. We've got all kinds of debates and arguments over it, and I'm not getting into all that. But we have seemed to diminish the value of the life based on the way the life was conceived. That life was birthed in the father's heart and is greatly loved. And if you are one that is considering whether or not you should keep the baby you are carrying within you the image bearer. That child is an image bearer of the Most High God. And that child is greatly loved and know that he sees your circumstance. He loves you. He loves your baby. And he will take you through it. He will get you through it. But for those of you who who may have been told that, you know, you, you came in, into this world of, on the wrong side of the tracks, from the wrong set of parents, in the wrong way, please, please hear the Father's heart when he says, no, the way you made it here doesn't matter. You were birthed in my heart, and I love you, and you are of great value and great importance to me. And you have an identity in me. Let me show you the identity that I have for you. So I I just want to end with praying for you. If you don't have a revelation... With how, and how much that God loves you, if you've never really, if you've always felt like you're the outcast, that nobody around you really understands you, that you've never really felt accepted, you've never really felt loved, I want to pray t- today that you get the revelation of the love of the Father for you and that he is so head over heels for you. That everything he has done, everything he has created, everything is because of his love for you. Everything. All right. If we can stand, please. Elders, if you want to come on up. if People need prayer. If you would like prayer, I would like to um, give you the opportunity to be prayed for. I want to go ahead and, and pray and, and close this out. Well, Father, I just thank you for your revelation of love, Lord God. I thank you that you love us so much, Father, that that you will run after us until our very last breath is breathed, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that your word says in Romans that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, absolutely nothing. And, Father, I just ask that even this very day lord god that you begin to reveal to your people lord god how enamored you are with them how much you love them lord god how your greatest desire is that they be reconciled to you through your son jesus christ show them lord god the amazing identity that you have for them. Show them, even, Lord God, the true name that you call them by. Father, thank you that from this day forward, Lord God, lives will change. Revelation of your love will become real. Chains will drop off. Healings will take place, Lord God. Deliverance will come forth. I just thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. You all are dismissed. Thank you for your time. If you need prayer, please, please come.